Hello and welcome back to another exciting episode of Tabletop Theater. Having just accepted a job from the mysterious new employer, Arthur Winster, the party departs the Golden City to a small railroad town of Juno. With little left to lose, the party gambles their trust with this mysterious man, who promises answers about Eden 5 and the Angels. Will the train robbery go off without a hitch? Let's find out. <laughs> So we last left off, you had just accepted a job from a mysterious, fairly rich man that you don't know very much about, Arthur Winster, the inventor of the rifle, incredibly wealthy. The job he has asked you to do is to rob a... The job he has asked you to do is to rob a train. And he's just going over the details now. So it's really quite simple, really. What you'll be looking for is a very large object. It will be concealed in its own... It will have its own train car. It's an enormous metal box. It'll likely be chained up. You'll be traveling to a little-known town of no particular note, save for its importance to the railroad. It's the last stop before the train goes underground for several hours. The job will require precision, and you'll need to go in quietly and escape quickly in a very small time frame. The town is called Juno. Juno. Are you familiar with the town? I'm surprised. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I've, I've been there once or twice. Um, hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's no problem. Well, so long as it's no problem. Please follow me. We'll need to get you uh, kitted out before you embark. You'll be meeting one of my men there at a little tavern called O'Shaughnessy's. If you'll please follow me into this room, you'll be able to select an item of particular interest. Additionally, you might want to... Acquire a more conspicuous weapon for this job, as you won't be able to bring any of your weapons on board. Arthur takes you to a very deep closet, frankly. He opens the doors. There's a bunch of different costumes for any occasion. You know, beautiful dresses, suits, dusters, vests, fine shirts, anything you could possibly want to wear. My eyes light up upon seeing the satin gowns I pass, but uh, I, for a moment, a, a brief moment feel a little bit happier there's also a, quite a few accessories as well you know mm. anything you could use to also i think it's pronounced satan i think you're satan <laughs> okay I think guys. you're you're Great. a devil i'm a bad man you're a bad man <laughs> you're a bad man <laughs> stop being bad man who invents who is mad and bad <laughs> um quality commentary fair. <laughs> accurate <laughs> Um, so go on with accessories. So there's a variety of, uh, magical items here as well. So I've provided you all a list of items. You can pick one item from the list. What did you guys want to take? Chosh sort of moves away from the, I guess, uh, bigger items, the clothes, the shirts, uh, maybe the more traditional weapony looking sorts of things and is, uh, sort of drawn to this very uh, unassuming looking bag. It's uh, this sort of like orange brownish uh, hue. And uh, on it, there's a little, or in front of it rather, there's a little placard that reads Bag of Rust. 
and Chosh curiously sort of like pries it open with his fingers to look inside and sees this sort of uh, black powder. Arthur comes over to you and says, now that's a peculiar choice there. I figured you for one of those fancy suits of armor or one of the swords or shields, perhaps. You're a big boy. Why would you take such an interesting trinket? I have enough fancy suits of armor and swords. Very well. I'll leave you to it. And he walks away. Well, that particular item refills itself every day. It has about three uses. You simply take a little bit of the powder. He takes some in his hand. He goes over to a nearby suit of armor and he says, and you simply throw it at something metal or iron like this. And he tosses it at the armor. The armor rusts immediately, degrading to something completely useless. See? Quite effective, really. Uh, Chosh will step away from the bag and say, well, considering what I wear, perhaps I don't have a use for this. It doesn't work on magical items, unfortunately. Chosh will uh, sort of look Arthur up and down, sort of trying to read him, and then walk over to the bag and say, you better be telling the truth, and stick his finger like, the, his like pinky finger in just by a little bit <laughs> yeah it's fine it's fine yeah and then chosh will zip up the bag and uh put it in his pocket okay who's next yes lola has been quite dismayed at the start of this mission just rather hesitant to you know get on board but now as she's walking through this closet of wonders she's starting to perk up a bit lola is walking around and she happens to settle upon a she sees a a small but ornate ornately blown uh, glass bottle looks like a perfume bottle filled with like a translucent purple liquid and it's got one of those rubber puffers and just kind of lackadaisically picks it up and just squeezes lightly on the puffer and the mist surrounds her. Hmm. That's Jasmine and... You feel, you feel completely at ease upon hmm. inhaling this. Hmm. Sir Arthur, come here a moment. Sir Arthur is actually right behind you, almost a vampire-like, <laughs> like looming over you, and he says, No, that's also quite a good choice. That's the perfume of prolific conversation. Hmm. Oh, I wasn't aware. I... I I didn't see that placard. <laughs> there was, <laughs> I, there were, there was no placard I could see, but um, I, I wasn't aware. I just thought it was a nice perfume bottle you'd collected in your adventures. I take it you know what it does. No, why don't you enlighten me? And I bat my eyes a bit. He says, "Well, upon inhalation, it makes those who inhale it more susceptible to, shall we say, charms of all sorts, be it natural or magical." And he smiles at you. Is that so? Well, I wasn't aware of that. You know, I quite like the smell of this perfume. Don't you think it suits me, Sir Arthur? Oh, most definitely. Yes. A fine choice. Don't you think it was just made for me? Certainly. I think it feels natural with you. Mm. And so, wouldn't you think that for an item so natural, I might as well just have it and find something else? <laughs> Among your wares. 
All right. That's, that's <laughs> as a kid. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. I see. I see. I see where okay, I'm going okay, with okay. this. I didn't, I didn't actually see this. You got coming. make sure that you squeeze more <laughs> in his face, though. Um. All right. You get advantage with your per- persuasion <laughs> check. Very clever. I didn't think of that. That's a nineteen. Okay, that's really good. Well, he um he smiles at you, and he <laughs> says, "Well, I suppose it is, but a small trinket. Hmm. I wouldn't mind, considering it seems to suit you so." Well, it's practically as if it was made for you, like you said. It almost chose you in a way. I suppose I could part with one trinket for someone quite so lovely. Oh, well, I am pleased indeed. Thank you, Sir Arthur, and I curtsy deeply. And then I continue walking. Near to the perfume bottle, I see a fan made of black lace. Sir Arthur, what is this particular item? Ah, that's uh, the fan of the wind. Mm Mm-hmm. Very simple, fairly self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Simply unfold it, and he takes it, mm-hmm. you know, and he, like, fans it gently. But if you wave it very vigorously, it will cause a gust of wind to knock over anything in its path. Anything? Oh, yes. Wow, that is astounding. Well, I think I'll take this as my magical item. Just be careful. It only has two uses every day. Oh, well, that's good to know. And I... I uh, call Edgar, and my bag springs to life, uh, and hopping excitedly up and down, and I I throw in the perfume bottle and the fan, and say, once again, Sir Arthur, thank you very much. I do feel well-equipped for this mission. Sir Arthur's eyes linger on your bag, and he says, that is quite the curious creation. He is, isn't he? Isn't he a good boy? Hmm. Yes, you are, Edgar. And uh, I imagine Edgar kind of looks up at him in his bag-like way. <laughs> can can Edgar pontificate in any way? You can make Pontific- animal noises. <laughs> pontificate. You mean, okay. So, uh, and he kind of, I think he, he, he looks at Sir Arthur and kind of, yip! he he yipes a little bit and... Uh, he kind of hides behind me. Okay. Oh, he's, a, he's a little shy. It seems that the most eager among you is somehow the most quiet. What's, what has your fancy, Drifter? Please. Well, Arthur, uh, I was looking at these here moon shoes. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Well, I think it's fairly self-explanatory. Just look at them. They look like uh, Inspector Gadget. No, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> They look like a pair of uh, black wingtip loafers with springs on the bottom. Aww, that sounds lovely. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, they really help? Well, of course. You see, they're quite powerful. You'll get serious air with these with these loafers. With these bad boys. <laughs> with these bad boys, you're going to be dunking on the rest of them like it's nobody's business. Come on, Sam. Hey, welcome to the gym. Is basketball in this universe? It's, it is now. <laughs> it is now. Nice. Um, what, it, it, could, it could be called bucket. It's bucket ball. Bucket ball. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, if you ever wanted to be a pro bucket ball player, this is your time to shine, Drifter. I actually got these from a former bucket ball player myself. They were illegally using them. And I, co- I convinced... Uh, Mr. Jordan, to part with, his, with the part with his air. Can't put that in. Chamberlain. Take Can't it back. put that in. Take it back. Take, take it, it back. back. Take it back. Never. Take it back. I convinced Mr. Jordan. Mr. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I convinced a Mr. Jordan to part with these moon shoes after his unfortunate departure from the Bucketball League. 
So will you be taking these, I take it? You know, I always dreamed about being a bucket ball player back in the day. But I prefer brown shoes. I think I'll stick with this dust of concealing the evidence I got. And he pulls out this uh, vial that he's procured in his pocket. It's a glass bottle uh, with not much to it with dust inside. That's it. All right. What color is the dust? Dusty. Oh, man. That's so <laughs> dusty. <laughs> well, uh, it, it said this can remove any dead body. No, uh, Yes, it can. Just be very careful with it. I mean, it won't hurt you so long as you're alive, but it will turn anything into dust that's dead. Yeah, I think I'll hold on to that. Well, a keen, keen eye. Probably useful for the certain job you're going to be doing. Of course, you need not kill anyone, of course. I would never insist you do such a thing. Naturally. He gives you a little wink. I got that. <laughs> wink. Well, you best be off to Juno, then. You have a train to catch, I think. <laughs> he laughs. Just like chuckling at his bad dad humor. And he uh, walks out. Anything you'd like to have before you go, please have, a, have another cup of tea before you go. It'll be a long trip. You take a train to Juno. You get off there at this Dust Bowl town, frankly in the middle of nowhere. And Drifter, for the very first time in 15 years, you're finally home. It's just like here how he remembered. It is. It's strange how much society has really passed over the place in terms of its development. Well... Almost the same. There is one thing you notice immediately about the place as you walk towards O'Shaughnessy's, a bar that you have frequented frequented more than one occasion on a day, let's say. As you head towards the bar O'Shaughnessy's, which you frequented many times in your day, you see an unusual sight here, a sight you've already seen before very recently. The Borgovian military is here, and you hear someone shouting in the crowd, Extra, extra, read all about it. Is it a little boy? He's a little boy. Okay. I thought it was Jifter's kid. No. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. Chimerian agent assassinates pride, assassinates several angels. Read all about it. Traitorous human Siegfried of the Chimerian military. Traitor to our nation. Extra, extra, read all about it. <laughs> this Borgo- is the- Bargovian <laughs> military. And... <laughs> Borgovian military Stop attack. Stop him, please. Okay. This is the longest headline. <laughs> please stop. It's not catchy. Can you just, can you just say it like one more time? I'll no, no, no. Keep all of that. Extra, extra. Borgovian <laughs> and Dondalorian forces have joined together in the Grand Alliance. Read all about it. Just 25 cents. Young boy. Young boy. Well, hello. Let's start over there. Don't, you don't need to speak. Mm-hmm. I will take all <laughs> of those papers <laughs> from you because... I think, exactly what is this post? Oh, this is, uh, this is the Juno Times. Wait. Don't you know about the Juno Times? I did not. It's, the, it's our one and only newspaper here in Juno. Oh, you must be from out of town. Are you, uh, you a foreigner? Little boy, I don't believe you were raised quite properly, <laughs> but... Um, I ain't got no mum, so yeah, I see that, yeah? <laughs> what does this little boy are look like? British, what is your name? Are we in England? Are we in Alaska? He, how does he not no, know I, that the spider woman is not... No, there's... There's <laughs> everywhere. He, he, he's, he's, he's got like a... He's got like an ox tail, you know? Aww. And little ox horns. He's really cute. He's pretty cute. <laughs> okay. They, they, go, okay. they lift no, up his little newsboy hat just a little bit. Okay, okay, we need to start over with this cute... No, we, we know you, this you, cute You've come around movie. on him now. <laughs> He's cute! You're still going to buy all his newspapers? Yeah. I mean, really, I, I, I'm usually out here all day in the hot sun, and if you buy all my papers, I could go home early. Oh, you poor thing. Yeah. 
Well, my dad runs the newspaper here. Oh. Yeah, my mom died. I I, I have to help him out. Oh. So if I could sell these, all I could go home. Okay. I don't okay. know why you're giving this huge backstory for this fucking <laughs> nameless character I made. What is your name, little boy? <laughs> well, obviously my name's Timmy. Okay, Timmy. Well, I'll take these newspapers. I I don't think it's good to be. This is sensitive information. That'll and be five twenty-five. Five dollars? What exactly? Twenty-five is what? They're 25 cents each. What's the currency here? What is the currency? I don't even Donda know. Schmeckles. Donda dollars. Donda dollars? Donda dollars. We have, I'm sure, enough of those. You have Donda dollars. Dollars. We hit up the foreign currency exchange. I, yes, I rummage through Edgar and his animated carpet bag. He doesn't always have to be animated. Okay. I rummage through Edgar and I stuff a wad of money into little Tim's hands. His hooves? Oh, hands? Oh, thanks. No, he has hooves on his feet, but he takes it with his hands. Oh, thanks hands. so much. And he runs off. And I take the papers. I just stuff them into my bag and... Edgar could well, just eat them. We... What? Edgar could just eat them. Or pee on them. No, I'm just going <laughs> to stuff them. Oh, well, that's one thing. Um, out of the way. Let's just get on with the mission, shall we? This is kind of dreary-looking town. I shan't want to spend much t- more time. I shan't want to spend much more time than we need here. Yeah, the less time, the better. Mm-hmm. Drifter, how would you describe your entrance into this town? Are you keeping like a low profile? What are you Very doing? Very low profile. Uh, Drifter is uh, not dressed any really differently, but he's um, wearing his hat lower than usual on his on the front of his face trying to kind of conceal his face a bit and uh really that's about it he's not he's not hiding but he's not trying to be right he's got his collar up yeah he's not yeah okay you swing open the doors that o'shaughnessy's drifter the place seems basically the same the place really seems to have not changed in 15 years the same patrons grace this place as they did in your day the only person who's really changed is the bartender the only thing that's really changed here is the bartender, Jacob O'Shaughnessy, who you prefer assume must be long dead since it seems his son, Jim, has taken over. You enter into the bar and you look for the contact. It was told that you should go into the back of the bar at a table where a lone man was sitting. And you easily find him sitting there. There's a man with his hat tucked well over his face, concealing his features. And you go to sit down by this man. Drifter, dear, I think I'll go to the bar and get us all a round of drinks. You hear the figure laugh. (coughs) Drifter, huh? That's what you're going by. The man raises his hat. You see an incredibly ugly face. This man's face looks as if someone took an axe, tried to cut him straight down the middle of his face, but didn't do a very good job. There's an enormous scar that tears through his face. You can see a hole through his jaw. It's heavily scarred, and you can scarcely recognize this man. You can tell by his eyes. Lazarus. Well, you weren't going by Drifter the last time I saw you. But then again, the last time I saw you, you were on the back of a train, and you were pushing me off of it. That's how I got this. He points to the scar running deep over his face. Certainly didn't do you any favors. <laughs> it's good to see you too, friend. Yeah, it's good to see you too. I would have done the same if I was in your position. I'd, I'd like to haven't changed a day, Drifter. I haven't changed a day. 
Did you like that? I like that. No, I love Good. it. I just feel like Josh is just. Where is Josh? <laughs> I love. And I, oh, we'll get there. Yeah, Josh. No, I would like to point out that Josh barely said a word. I I, I I hope that you like got ready to like pull a sword on this guy when you like recognized. <laughs> like he's like yeah immediately like. Who's, uh, hey, who's the uh? Who's the hired muscle over here? This is my compatriot, Josh. Josh, huh? You dirty piece of crap. I know you're kind. You're garbage. You're scum. You hanging out with this filthy man? Josh will slam his fist on the table and with no social awareness scream, What are you talking about, scum? Wow, Drifter, you really know how to pick your company. <laughs> Jeez, can't take a joke. Where'd you dig up this antique? We just found him along the way. He's good for a few laughs. Well, keep it down. Try, haven't you ever heard of keeping a low profile, buddy? Uh, okay, dearies. I brought this, you know, the, the kind young man at the bar. I think his name is Jim. Well, he offered me a very fine, I think, bottle of good scotch. It's They didn't have special. Good. But <laughs> I thought that would... I thought that would all pick us up a bit. So here's a class for you, Drifter, and for Josh, and and, and you. And the name I, is Lazarus. Can, oh, hi. <laughs> Hello. I'm going to slide that uh, <laughs> glass far away towards him and just, just snatch back my fingers, snatch back my hand, and... Here is a glass for me. All right, let's get started. I open up the, the bottle and glug, 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 glug. Ooh, all right, just me. All right. I take a shot. He holds out his glass to, for you to pour him a shot. Oh, ye- yes, I suppose I gave you a glass. So you probably want something. To- okay, um, I'm going to pour this without looking at him. Miss him um, a little bit. It's, it's pouring over his hands. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. He is pushes that- the bottle back. Oh. You're wasting good scotch. That's the biggest crime I've ever seen if I've it ever seen a good crime. It is good scotch. Not, Not special, special scotch. <laughs> he says, well, Drifter, you certainly know how to pick them. I mean, look at the legs on that one. He takes a shot. The shot kind of goes through part of the hole that's in his chin. Pardon? I, I'm, I'm indignant, but... Let's I, just oh, hear what he has to say first. I, um, mm, Lazarus, what I'm, do you got for us? I'm going to draw out my fan and just start fanning myself and hiding my face. Not too vigorously. Not too vigorously, He no. smiles, his tobacco-stained teeth smile, and he says, Well, Drifter, it's a good thing we're all here. I got the, we've got the job of a century here working for this man. Here's the plans. He throws them on the table. He opens up a map of the train. He says, Now, here's the deal. What we're looking for is this strange metal box. It's in the middle of the train here. He points to it. Now, what I've got for you all... Three prime mode first class tickets for all of you. I'll also be there too, but I'll be disguised as waitstaff on account of my, well, beautiful good looks. Couldn't possibly be a royal, one of those inbred types. You know the deal. Well, you'll fit right in. Oh, I know. Now, here's the deal. You'll all be impersonating, uh, well, they're kind of military people. I don't know if you've noticed some around town. The Borgovian troops are here with mingling with the Dondalore troops here. He hands you a ticket, he says. You'll be impersonating a one, Billy Preston. Major Billy Preston. And you, fine-looking thing, will be his wife. And you, fine-looking thing, will be his wife. Marigold Preston. Here you are. I don't think I'm quite a marigold. And you, Big Lug, will be their porter. He goes by the name, well, Blue. 
<laughs> now we'll, you'll see why soon enough once I produce the disguises for y'all. Now here we are. He passes three amulets to you all. You'll need to wear these when you go aboard the train. The effect will only last for two hours, which is the exact amount of time you have until get, to get out of there. Now these will make you look like different people on account of the fact that we're, you know, doing a robbery. All you do is you place it here on your chest. Say that a little louder, why don't you? He shows you pictures of who you're going to be. You're a fat man with Drifter. You're going to be impersonating a fat man with mutton chops. Drifter, you're impersonating a fat dwarf man with a beer belly and mutton chops that go into a beard. Lola, you're impersonating a tiefling woman. I she has, like, golden curls, flaxen hair. Yeah, there we go. She um, is... Uh, her skin is like a cherry blossom pink sort of color and she has long curled horns Chosh, you're impersonating a half-orc man his skin is blue he's incredibly muscular and he looks fairly brutish but is appears to be fairly well dressed in the picture <laughs> i'm not gonna ask you how you procure these but we'll take them yeah let's not go into the details well here's the deal you gotta be careful there's a couple of guard cars surrounding the target now you're gonna be here in the civilian car you'll have to go through that the dining car, another civilian car, a guard car, and then you'll find the target. Now, to get into the target room, you're going to need a key of sorts. You're looking for a man. He's a fat, fat man. He's a general. Goes by the name General Johann Sterling of the Borgovian military. He's pretty easy to recognize. You'll need to get... He has a key. You'll need to find a way to procure it, unless you have another way of getting into a locked door. He smiles at you, Drifter. Now, here's the deal. This next part... But you're interrupted. A, gr- oh, no. a group of Borgovian militaries, just kind of regular soldiers, kind of are walking by noisily towards your table. You see Lazarus, Lazarus quickly fold the piece of paper. And I, and I put my fan even, I obscure my face even more by my fan and fan more vigorously. Less, not too vigorously. Not too vigorous. Not, not too vigorous. vigorously. Not too vigorous. But on the borderline. <laughs> A gust is happening. Okay, stop. <laughs> you hear this group of soldiers talking, Excuse me, you're in our spot. Oh, we'll be leaving shortly. Um, and I grab the bottle of scotch and I just... Whoa, whoa, overflow. whoa, whoa, whoa. Leave that. I tip oh. it over a little bit and I just pour myself some and behind the fan I take a gulp of the good scotch and slam down my glass. Drifter starts looking around. Um, scoot out of the table. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry, sir. I didn't see your name here. Excuse me. What'd you say to me? It's Tell a, me. It's just my friends and I were having a nice discussion over here. And then you guys had to walk in. Can you see this? This is Sergeant Franz Hopkins. I think you might notice. Maybe look again on the table. <laughs> oh my God. Is, it, is there actually a <laughs> No, there's not. Okay. <laughs> I recommend you get out of there. Yes, Drifter, dear. You remember what? Why don't happens? you guys just go get a drink? When you guys come back, we'll be done. Just give us a couple Drifter minutes. Drifter, let's just move to another table. We really mustn't start a fight. Now these guys don't scare st- me. Oh, but we should. We should, Brad. Friend, wait a minute. Do I know you from somewhere? He's looking at you, Josh. Um, wait. <laughs> I know you. I. Hell, said this, Josh will. Uh, <laughs> Josh will uh, turn his head, his armored head, and say, I don't know how you could possibly recognize me. That armor is familiar. 
Not too many people are wearing <laughs> armor nowadays. Yeah, especially Sir Frederick's. Yeah. It's also Sir famous. Frederick's. Sir Frederick's famous <laughs> armor. armor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he's with me. What so. the hell are you doing, bringing? Filthy humans into a place like How this. How do you even know that it's a human? Because it's, it's he thinks it's Sir Frederick. Oh, I see. Who Sorry. is a human? Famously. Famously. Famously human. What do you think you're doing, stinking up the place, bringing a stinking human like this in here? I don't care who the hell this man thinks he is. I don't care if he works for the angels. He spits on you. On the armor? Yeah. We don't care who Ooh. you are. Uh, As a matter of fact, we we don't care who who you think you are. As a matter of fact, you should just find another table. There are plenty of open spots. Uh, can I ask, is this table flippable? I was about <laughs> to ask that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Chosh will not uh, flip the table, but he will grab it and sort of thrust it aggressively at the general uh, and say, table's yours, and start walking out. Oh, goodness. <laughs> You're both, you're both bad boys. He puts his hand on your shoulder, kind of like holding his stomach as you push the table into him. And he says, I'm not z- done with you. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Josh does not turn around. He kind of tries to force you around. Oh, can I make an opposing roll? Yeah. Not, not be turned around? Yeah. 11. He turns you around. <laughs> you cheated. I actually got an 11. I know. That's why you cheated. <laughs> I didn't cheat. You can see it right there. You're a cheater. You're a cheater. Uh, Derek Jeter. He turns you around, Chosh. <laughs> he says, take off the mask, big man. Drifter will try to flip the table in his face. Like, because he's kind of... <laughs> it's, 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 the table. No, well, I'm, I'm going... Okay, do it. Roll. 19. Ooh. Plus See, strength. 21. Drifter, you, you wrap your leg around one of the legs of the table and you kick it up. It, you slam this table not only into Franz, but into his cohort of three other men. And it topples them over. There's a big scene. The remainder of the scotch is spilled all over the place. People in the bar have all taken notice, and people are starting to file out. Franz starts getting up and dusting himself Drifter, off. Drifter yells, uh, gets at the door, and starts running toward the, the doorway. You needn't tell me twice. Uh, and he, he, goes, he gets there first and holds the door open for everyone to, to get out. That's gentlemen. Well, just, just, just so he knows like that everyone's gotten out. Drifter, as you get to the door... You find someone is at the door. He's a young man. Handsome. Black hair. Close-cut beard. And a double-barreled shotgun. One of the most distinguishing facts about him, though, is his long, curled, ram-like horns. And he speaks to you and he says, Now we don't have any trouble now, do we? Don't worry, folks. The sheriff's here. We were just leaving, Sheriff. We, we now, need to get out little, of this town. Now, little miss, don't worry. I'm here to help you. Now, what seems to be the problem? Those those military officers are our problem, and we were just evading them. So we're going to go off to the train now and uh, sh- should be on our way. They're giving you trouble? Uh, they gave us trouble, but no more troubles had. Well, now let it, me deal with them. I don't want them walking all over us. It, it's perfectly fine, Sheriff. Uh, just we had a miscommunication with them, and I don't think... At that moment, Drifter turns and sees the sheriff for the first time and stops short. The man, upon seeing you, taking that extra moment to recognize you, points the double-barreled shotgun at you, and he says, Well, Dad, I see you didn't get my letters. Else you wouldn't have stepped one damn foot back into Juno. I wasn't planning on coming back. Job's a job. 
What? Are you not going to respond to pointing a gun at you? No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. He says to you, well, Pop, you're about two years too late to see Mom off. Oh, no. And it seems that that nice man who said he would forward our letters to you clearly wasn't. If you had been listening, I told you if you ever step back here, I would shoot you. Now what in the goddamn hell are you doing back in Juno? I have a little spell called Life Pact, where I confuse my HP with someone else's. I have plenty of health. Yeah, <laughs> but what if you had more? So uh, Chosh will sort of like put a hand behind his back covertly and sort of do the right signage to cast a life pact. Chosh, you cast the spell. Your life and Drifter's life are now intertwined. What do you say, Drifter? Let's go somewhere, somewhere else. And he turns toward the other uh, Borgovian military. Somewhere else where we can go and talk. Roll a persuasion check. That's pretty hard. But you can do it. Seven. I think we'll stay right here, actually. I'm going to do a stealth check to stealthily grab my new perfume. What is it called? The perfume of of prolific uh, conversation. It's all coming together. I'm going to... Wear the moon shoes. I'm going to slyly (laughs) withdraw my perfume and try to spritz it in the air. Roll. You can have advantage. She's not really looking at you that much. 16. Okay, yeah, you succeed. Okay. You spritz the perfume in the air. Everything smells very pleasant, and everyone kind of goes at ease somewhat. Sheriff, sir, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I do think it's best in this particular situation that we go elsewhere. I think there's a lot to talk about. I do know that this is not quite the situation that we need to be in right now uh, to resolve this matter. We should move somewhere else and... Perhaps talk about it rather than fight about it. It's a fork. Do I get advantage? You do get advantage. A one! No. You're not very persuasive. Your attempts at swaying him don't work. He looks you dead in the face, Drifter. Then he says, You have one day. If I see you here tomorrow, you're dead. Get the hell out of my town. And he walks away. I I can't believe I'm playing my... I'm pretending to be my character, pretending to be my character. (laughs) Do you not like that? No, I love it. I <laughs> adore it. Really <laughs> masturbatory. <laughs> Join us again for the exciting conclusion in The Train Job, Part 2. <laughs>